0: So I like to speak in this video about how to overgr- overcome uh, grudges, resentment, upset with friends, recently happened situations, old hurt from your parents and all those kinds of things. This is a topic quite dear to my heart. Uh, and it's vast and I about an hour ago finished a session with a client that was really inspiring in which we really got to the root of the upset and kind of transcended it and really came out of the session with a different perspective and embodied feeling so um I'm I kind of have a map for it as well so I'm looking forward to, yeah, to, 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 lay out the map, how to navigate this and all the subtleties that I have personally found, um, in doing this because, you know, one of my biggest confusions on my spiritual path has been precisely this, how to deal with this, um, when we are busy and interested in transcending right because i have very often felt and maybe you recognize this that when we listen to a spiritual teaching it can seem to imply that it's always up to us to be happy almost to a degree to, but where's the end of that right because it it's almost like asking us to do this do, to do this to a degree that we are beyond any and every situation that we are always needing to find the power within us to be kind of happy despite circumstance and this is a really noble aim and there is a lot that we can reach in here and yet how do we work with this in our humanity right because the truth is we all have relationships And the truth is also that even most people will find that even after countless meditation hours and retreats, yoga, whatever kind of spiritual practice you do, we can still get very upset and hurt and still also carry our own shadow. Um, And so let me start off first before navigating the territory of transcending our grudges and resentment. I'm I'm gonna propose this 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 it's like an invitation to look at yourself this way and then we're going to look at ourselves in two ways so one is that yes there is a possibility to transcend our hurt in relationships and we don't need to feel hurt in relationships and at the same time we want to look at ourselves as like anything in nature we need love sunlight, good attention to grow and blossom, right? We even know of studies, uh, well, I'm not sure how how much this is studied. Um, I like myself at least to believe that this is true and I cannot uh, imagine it uh, to be any way different is that when we put uh, very heavy metal on a flower, um, or on a growing seed, Uh, in one room and in another room we put harmonious classical music on that's on a different seed of the same species and we let them grow at the same time and at the same time we give more love to one flower say kind words to one flower positive vibrations and negative energy to the other flower apparently many people um, uh, claim that the, the the seed with unharmonious vibrations did not grow as fast and as beautiful as the seed that did get the beautiful harmonious vibrations so we kind of want to look at ourselves in this way too if we find ourselves in an environment that is not inspiring that is not inviting us to blossom but that is actually pushing us down belittling us making us feel hurt all the time sad no attention, whatever that is, and obviously we don't want to choose an environment where we are not being invited to blossom. And yet, when we might find ourselves in an environment in which we are having to deal with the negative energies of other people. Um, Our response to that is very important because that is still the thing that we do choose so we might feel something and that is perfectly fine but our feeling is also informed on a subtler level by many thoughts and assumptions we have and our response therefore also will be influenced by these subtle assumptions we have. So a common response that many people have is that we get into a victim state and that we feel wronged by our perpetrator, if you want to call it like that. And this is absolutely not helpful in any sense. This is actually how you will have become, you will have people that for the rest of their lives are still mad at their parents even after their death and never have been able to forgive them for example so obviously that's not helpful to anyone in the first place that is not helpful to ourselves and so we really want to learn if we are interested in happiness which we all are right we all are seeking happiness, wherever we are seeking for it. But if we are interested in finding happiness and we have seen that that is actually an inside job, then we have to be really sharp and precise with these victim states, with this finger pointing and with this sense of this person should be different and should be treating me different for otherwise I cannot feel good. And an interesting way to look at it is that there is on the level of the mind, on the level of thoughts and memory and relativity, there is a world full of different individual people that can hurt one another. But on the level of your true nature, on the level of capital S self, I'm, I'm not speaking about anything fluffy here I'm speaking about like the core of what you are there's only one at least you are only experiencing yourself right you are of course experiencing different individuals but essentially you are only experiencing yourself. You are experiencing your own thoughts. You are experiencing your own emotions. And so even if someone says something to you and it sticks to you, and you have a hard time to let go of it, still you only experienced yourself in that moment. And you still only experience yourself in this moment. And especially it will become clear that if that, um, seeming cause of our hurt when that cause of our hurt is not around and is not still here to say mean things to us for example then clearly the only thing that is hurting is our memory and is therefore a part of our own mind and so if we apply any kind of sanity to our healing process we won't look for an ex for for apologies from the one that hurt us or we won't need that person to change. No, we are going to change ourselves and our own way of thinking. And so I've created a little bit of a map. I mean, I didn't create it necessarily, but it's 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 just the the common sense of what we all will all come to. And this is like rooted In the way we deal with it in spiritual traditions too. I usually don't invent too many things I share here on my podcasts or posts. Uh, I always root myself as much as possible in the wisdom traditions that are available. Right? I don't think it's a good idea that we all try to reinvent the wheel. Which many people do in the new age. We have very good teachings available. And so... And it's actually simple, simple, but not easy. So the three steps to overcome a grudge or resentment are one is to go and explore the, the story that we carry about our grudge, about our sadness, about our pain. And we explore it, we co-discover it by becoming very clear on what is the narrative? What is this story that is alive in me? What is it actually saying? And why is this in one sense important? A lot of people, a lot of times the, the, the tendency of the mind, and this is our collective condition, our tendency is that when there are thoughts that are maybe ugly causing unpleasant sensations if we don't apply consciousness there our reaction to it will usually be to suppress it so kind of to ignore it and to push it back deeper into our mind instead of that we kind of listen to it for a moment and then use our common sense and see what is my mind saying right now do I agree with that yes or no does it feel good in my heart yes or no and then to let it go but usually people don't do that part because it's too unpleasant to think about to feel to, to, to have the memory and so we push it back so the first step is to really bring it to the surface what is this memory what is this story completely saying in all its fullness and in a way, you could say that this is a sense, in a sense, this is shadow work, because the way uh, shadow is described by, by the person that invented this term, Carl Jung, it is the aspect of our consciousness that we repress and therefore chases us everywhere we are. Um so we are wanting to explore our shadow, explore these thoughts. And often these thoughts will come in the form of um, all our own projections towards the person we believe has hurt us. So these thoughts can be quite dark, mean, unpleasant and uh, stuff we perhaps shouldn't say out loud. But we want to hear, at least for ourselves, in our mind, what is this shadow actually saying? How angry, how sad, how hurt is this part of me? And so you kind of give it a voice. And, and give it a full voice without holding back. And let's give another example. Imagine you are in a relationship and you are judging your partner and you kind of also believe at the same time that you shouldn't judge your partner. Well then if you're not careful, you're going to repress your judgment towards your partner. Now you have an issue because now it becomes a bit of a repressed aspect of your mind. And now it will start to spill over and you will have less control over it. Whereas if you would just take a moment to close your eyes, and then they just listen in the way you judge. Then you have a, already that distance between you and that judgment. It's just all of a sudden like, ah, okay. That's what my, my mind is saying. This is like this conditioning of my mind. I picked it up somewhere in my childhood. It's the way I've heard my parents judge each other. It's the way I've learned it in my society. Now there's a the distance. Now you can hear it. And then you will maybe even find out like, actually, I don't even agree with this voice, and uh, it's there, but I see it's not mine um, it's just created by my mind, and i if I look at it with clarity, I really have no intention to do anything with this judging in my mind. I rather entertain different thoughts, and so. We want to bring out the whole story and we want to create some, 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 maybe some statements. Voicing what we feel into a statement. So for example, I am mad, sad, angry, disappointed because he or she did this and that. So we want to formulate a clear statement. This is by the way, inspired by the work of Byron Katie. You can look her up Byron Katie. It's called the work self inquiry. She has four questions. I do it a little bit differently here, but it comes down to the same thing. So making a full statement. What am I feeling and why? Why do I have the right also? to be angry? Why do I believe that I have the right to be sad? And then also, we will want to start to explore. And this is all still step one. So we are in the process of inquiring into the depths of our psychology. Really finding out what our psychology is saying at the subtle layer we wanna explore also the assumptions that are at the core of what we believe here to be true. So for example, if we believe that someone has hurt us and we would have liked them to do something different, at the core of that, there can be the assumption that they had a choice to do differently. That's an assumption. We believe that people have choice, but that's really a very, very big assumption. Um, so, we believe that people have choice. That is one assumption we have. Two, we believe that we would feel different if this person wouldn't have done it. And this is a strong assumption that can be hard to. Um, Excuse me, I was distracted for a moment. I thought someone was coming into the house. So, where was I? Let me take a sip of tea. My friends always make fun of me when I take sips of tea during my talk. (laughs) And they call me Guru Tea. If David is listening to this podcast, you know I'm talking about you. So let's get back. So the assumptions we believe, we assume that someone um if someone would have done something different, we would have felt different. So in some sense we almost actually we are assuming, believing at a subtle level, that this person has the power over our emotions and we want this person to change to change our emotions and this is a very interesting belief actually when we already stated like that we will feel like no 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 i don't believe that i don't believe this person has power over my emotions we don't want this to be like that but that's actually what we are doing if we are holding on to our resentment and grudge that's very interesting right And that will lead us back to actually say, well, actually, I am, of course, the one who is responsible for my emotions. Just like anyone. And if I feel a certain way and I want to change that, it's up to me to do something about it. Let's see if another assumption comes to mind that we can have, and it makes us resentful. Nothing comes to mind now, maybe something comes later in the talk. So, but this is the first step, exploring our shadows, exploring our assumptions, and questioning whether they are true and going layers, layer deeper after layer deeper. Um, Why am I feeling this? Why am I thinking that? And why am I thinking or feeling that? And then when we answered, why am I thinking or feeling that? And then to ask, but actually is this true? Can I actually absolutely know this to be true? So the second step, if we've been recalling all these things, recalling what causes the emotion, the memories and all of these things and the story, Is to actually feel the emotion. And we don't need to do this extremely long. This can go quite quickly. We don't need to dwell in our emotion. But often there is a resistance to our emotion. We avoid feeling it. We are always constantly. Again and again. A little bit afraid of feeling certain things. That are difficult to feel. It's one of the most courageous things. That we are constantly required on the spiritual path. And so you kind of want to um, just sink into this emotion. Probably in a meditative like way. So by closing your eyes and then to not entertain the story anymore. But to bring your awareness to the body. So where am I feeling what I'm feeling in my body? When I, for example, feel this anger, where do I feel that in my body? When I feel the sadness, where do I feel that in my body? And then to just stay with how that feels. Physically, somatically. So anger can feel like you want to bring it out. Sadness, a bit of a contraction maybe. Fear, like a faster heartbeat. So whatever that is. You want to simply feel it in your body. For the sake of feeling it. For the sake of allowing it to move through, to release the stagnancy. But also for the sake of feeling that it is absolutely safe to feel that emotion. That you are actually not uncomfortable feeling that emotion. That's the whole paradox we constantly avoid certain emotions. We kind of have collective ideas of what emotions are positive and what emotions are negative. But in a sense, when we just feel the emotion, we feel that it's absolutely safe to do so and not even uncomfortable. Like what the hell have we been running from? It is not unpleasant to feel this emotion. And so there is a lot of safety in that and there's a lot of release in that so step two is to simply feel the emotion very simple and you can do this in one or two minutes already Uh, five minutes maybe better and it doesn't need to be much longer than that at all it's just the quick shift in consciousness when we have seen that it is safe to feel it that we are kind of um, getting free from it and so the last step is to full circle back to presence. So when we when we have, and people often try to do this too quickly. So when we uh, um, are engaging with presence teachings, mindfulness teachings that I think are incredible, so I'm not saying anything bad about them, but if, we're, if we are engaging with them and always use them as our only tool, and we skip the step one and two, It will stay lingering usually. And so our third step only after doing the process of self-inquiry and of feeling is then we circle fully back to the present moment, the present moment before we have a thought about it, right? The real deepest layer of reality, reality before you have thought about it right now. So... We can ask at this third step, we can ask ourselves, what would my life feel like without this memory, without this thought? And then not giving it an answer with words, but then simply sinking back into the body and into the present moment and into the experience of life. And at this stage, when I had this session today, at this stage, Um, the person I was working with was beyond tears, beyond many resistant moments that were difficult to feel, was laughing, feeling joyfulness, expansion, a sense of blissfulness. And so it was extremely powerful to watch and it was actually so simple to get there. And so that's why I'm making this video. It's not so extremely difficult to overcome our grudges and our resentments, but we need to look at them, feel them, and then we can come back to the present moment. And a lot of people skip step one and two. And the good news is that it took us today, the whole session was 90 minutes, but we didn't spend only 90 minutes on this. So maybe it took about an hour to go through this process. So within about an hour, We found a sense of liberation and clarity around this. And so, that's why I like to share it with you. It doesn't need to take long and it will change everything. It will change everything. So, if you're listening to this podcast and you feel like you have a sense of grudge or resentment that you still feel like you want to let go of, I would love to invite you for a session. Just shoot me a DM or... um, apply for a session on my website. And we can do this process uh, together. Um, yes. So thank you everyone for listening. I'm looking very much forward to go outside just at lunch. And uh, and uh, I'm looking for some fresh air after my uh, session and lunch and being inside. So I'm gonna leave it like this for now. I say thank you so much for uh, engaging with this content and I say peace and namaste. Ciao.